0: Get ready, Avalanche Territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content, Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I am Mike Evans. Great to have you with us for another week, and let's jump right into it. That Avalanche-Bruins game the other night, was uh was fantastic i had a chance to go to the game as a fan a buddy of mine said hey i got a couple of tickets you want them i said sure brought my son and we were uh way up there in the uh the uh, upper regions of the ball arena up there in section 314 row 12 just a couple of rows from the top by the way i Quick aside, I love watching hockey. I love watching basketball from high up. I don't know. There's just something about being able to, you know, watch as all the plays develop. You get a really good bird's eye view of uh, of everything that's going on. So thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and what a great, great atmosphere. My goodness. A lot of Bruins fans there. It, uh, it, it felt like a, a Bronco game when the Steelers come to town or a uh, Rockies game when the Cubs are in town. Um it uh I I I throw this out there. Is it how much does it does it bug natives or or people who have lived here for a long, long time when you see your building taken over? I really it was almost half and half, uh, with with Bruins fans and, and Avalanche fans, and, and you also wonder, you know, a lot of season ticket holders, how they uh, how well those Bruins fans gain those tickets, especially down in the lower bowl. Hmm. Anywho, it did make for a really good environment. It was a charged environment. This was not your normal late January Wednesday night run of the mill, get it over with, on to the next one as we continue the grind NHL game. This was this was definitely had a playoff vibe. The the fans were into it. Yeah, dueling let's go Bruins, let's go Avalanche chance. It really made for a fun, charged environment. And then you had the game. And and then you had early on you had the uh, hit by Taylor Hall on Nathan McKinnon that knocked him out of the game. Scary sight, uh, scary sight seeing McKinnon laying there in a heap at center ice, blood staining the ice. He tries to get up. He's very wobbly. And as as far as the hit, I think I think we all had that initial reaction, cheap shot, everything like that. But I think the more you you look at it and you realize, okay, uh, it it wasn't a dirty hit, but uh, the effect of it was, was still as if it was a dirty hit. I thought Gabe Landeskog summed it up perfectly after the game in which he said, it's not a matter necessarily of whether it was a dirty hit or not. It was the idea that you did target. Uh, one of our, our our best players, our best player, and that that is is that a message that you want to send, Taylor Hall? Is that a message you want to send, Bruins? Is that a game you want to play? Because two can play that game, and maybe we decide to take a run at a Patrice Bergeron or a David Posternak or a Brad Marchand, one of your best players. So it it wasn't so much the idea and. and I think in the immediate aftermath, you know, the the Avalanche players were were thinking, okay, this was a cheap shot. It wasn't a cheap shot, but no doubt you you did go after Nathan McKinnon. Those were the circumstances. Those were the consequences. And we saw how it impacted the game. And I think what what happened after that was the Avalanche were so, I'm not going to say consumed, obsessed, but you could tell they had Taylor Hall on their mind. And any time Taylor Hall was on the ice, an Avalanche player was looking to take a little run at him, looking to give him an extra brush, an extra check, a little extra elbow. And then culminating with Eric Johnson chopping at Taylor Hall as if he was like a sequoia in the forest that he was looking to take down with an axe. I mean, it was bunion-esque. <laughs> what what, what uh, EJ was doing, just whack, whack, whack. What, it was like five or six of them, just whack. And eventually, I think the first couple of the officials were like, hey, listen, I get it. You, you know, Hall deserves it, right? So we'll let you have a couple of whacks at him. But then it just was like, okay, enough. All right. Gee, all right. Now I got to call the whistle. And it it was a, a, a situation where a couple of things I think were at play here. One, the Avalanche, they've been playing a lot of hockey lately. And they've been in a bit of a scoring funk. The goals aren't coming as effortlessly. As they were before when they were seemingly putting up seven every night, but it was offset by much better goaltending, a much better defensive performance, and the focus was on that, rightly so. Hey, look at how well the Avalanche are playing defense. But uh, so offensively, there been, have there been some, uh, you know, nothing, nothing dire or anything like that, but just you couldn't keep that pace, that clip that they were at before. So they were sort of kind of getting back to, to the, the normal range. But they're down 3 1. And at that point, they've fallen behind 3-1. The Bruins get three goals in that second period. And a couple things were at play. One, and you can attach what you think was more significant. Was it the Avalanche were too distracted by what happened to Nathan McKinnon, too focused on Taylor Hall, and that's why they fell behind 3-1? to I think there was part of that. You, you can't have your best player down there on the ice with, with you know blood flowing and see him go addled into the locker room and not have it uh, affect you. Your overall performance. But there was there was a reminder through two periods that it's it's still it's still there. It's still in the back of my mind. I'm wondering if it's still in the back of your mind as an Avalanche fan. The Bruins were playing that very quick to the puck, quick to suffocate, uh quick to get bodies in front of pucks. They were playing that. Very defensive-minded, heavy game that seemed to take the Avalanche out of the style that they like to play. Shades of what we saw with Vegas. Now, I don't think the Bruins uh, play the Vegas game as well as Vegas played it, but there were some similarities. And being at the game and being able to watch from a high view – it, it, was, it was noticeable how the Bruins were, were quick to have two guys on the puck, quick to converge, to eliminate space before Avalanche players could, could really create the way that they like to do. So it's just a reminder, at least it was through two periods, that that is still for all the great things that the Avalanche are doing. And, and my God, they are on fire. Uh, they're, they're, it's still kind of hanging over there. It, it's still in the back of your mind. It's still come playoff time. If they run into a team like that, how do they respond? Now, I'm confident that the lessons from last year have been learned, and it will be different, but there is something about certain styles, and if that is your kryptonite. And just for a couple periods, it, it, it looked similar, eerily similar to what we're seeing in the Vegas series last year, but then came the third period, and the Avalanche started to get going. I'm sure from the Boston view, they will look at and say, "Ah, three to one, two goal lead—the worst lead in hockey—the two goal lead, especially on the road." And uh, the the Bruins will probably say they probably were guilty of sitting on the lead. Avalanche will will tell you that they that they came out a little bit more urgency to the game. They got moving, outshot the Bruins eighteen to seven in the third period and and eventually once they got that goal cuz you could see it you could feel it as the third period got going that the that the Avalanche were starting to regain uh the play the pace of play the territorial part of the game after being really shut down for for the first two periods and you felt it coming you felt it coming but then you got the breakthrough uh midway through the third period Sammy Girard scores to make it 3 to 2 and at that point there's still there's still you know what 9 minutes left in the game and even though the Abs are down by one it was really there was that sense of for me watching there was that sense of inevit- inevitability that um that they would that they would tie the game And yeah I mean they took it up until the last 37 seconds when Gabe Landis got tied it but point being that once Gerard scored there was that Feeling that, okay, the ice is going to be tilted for the remainder of this game. It is going to be the Avalanche peppering uh, the Bruins. And it's just a matter of whether or not the Bruins can can hold up. And, and they held up until there were 37 seconds left. And then you get into overtime and you get the Bruins with a penalty. And then it was just uh, a, a sense of, um, okay, it's just a matter of uh, when and who. And the sublime Kale McCarr with his 17th goal as the... Avalanche, once again, come from behind, and they win 4-3 to three in overtime, extending their home winning streak to 17 games and fifth longest in NHL history. And, yeah, I, I, this one was impressive. I, this, this, to me, was a very impressive win for the, the Avalanche because you did it against a team that is a— recognized, proven, tough team to play against. I think that if you pulled NHL players and said, okay, who are the toughest teams to play against, the Bruins will probably be in just about everybody's top five. They they just bring that kind of a uh work ethic, a blue-collar approach. They always have. They're a tough team to play against. They they just make it difficult to play against. And so to to be in a three-to-one hole and to be able to keep battling keep fighting you know it'd be real easy for a team to say all right you know what we've won 16 in a row we are red hot but you know hey maybe tonight's just not our night you know Nathan gets hurt early in the game um you you know we're 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 at we're instantly um playing at uh uh, less strength our best guy, our best player, he's not out there. Be easy to have a letdown, feel sorry for yourself. You know, then have the Bruins come out and hit you with three goals in the second period, and it's three to one. You're like, ah, maybe it's just not our night. That's okay, you know? But this team, man, they fight. They continue to claw. They continue to scratch. They continue to play. And it is a testament to Jared Bednar. Uh, who creates that kind of mindset? But it's it's the it's the players. It's it's Gabe Landeskog. It's it's Nazem Kadri. It's uh, Devontae's. It's it's Darcy Kemper. It's just that that idea that you know what? No, not not tonight. Not on a night when our best player is laid out on the ice like that. Uh, we're gonna respond, and even though it's not coming easy, we're gonna continue to to battle. We're gonna continue to fight, and. We know that with the talent we have, that once we get it rolling, we're very hard to stop. And so that was what happened. It's an impressive win. It definitely stands out as one of their, I, I think, three or four best wins of the season. And we march on. And it is a reminder that, yes, I people like me can bring up what happened last year in the playoffs. And we can I don't I don't want you to think of it as a red flag, okay, please. I'm not making a huge deal of uh oh, there were a lot of similarities to what I saw in the Vegas series with those first two periods. Just it's not. Okay, don't don't take it as such. It's just uh, just a casual, just just something to you know, file away and and just something that it's it's just a reminder that remember as we go through this regular season it's awesome and enjoy it please enjoy the ride enjoy everything you're seeing enjoy the records that are being set i mean you're looking at an avalanche team that could you know really set some impressive impressive records and numbers when it comes to what they do in the regular season they are going to have to prove it come playoff time because and i think we we all understand how this works is that Whatever they do in the regular season, the moment that it's done, and the Avalanche are probably standing again with the President's Trophy as the the best the best regular season team, there will be that sense of okay, great, awesome, fantastic, impressive. Now prove it in the playoffs. I get all that, but there's a time for that, and you know what? That time is down the road, and when we get ready for the playoffs, we can talk like that. But I I really hope that you enjoy. What you're watching right now, and be able to enjoy games like last night, where you had a charge building, where you had a playoff atmosphere, and you had two teams really going at it, and the back and forth, and ultimately an avalanche team that showed, I think, a lot of grit. They showed a lot of heart. They showed a lot about what they're made of, and it's it's easy for people around the NHL maybe even here in Colorado, to take their pot shots at the Avs and say, ah, well, you know, they're a front-running team, they're a finesse team, and punch them in the mouth a little bit, lean on them in the playoffs, and you'll see what happens. Okay. And, you know, look, that that's not an unfair charge to throw out there. But enjoy nights like last night that would indicate that maybe this team has learned from that. And maybe this team has sort of developed a callous a thicker skin, a little sandpaper, to the idea that, okay, what happened last year was embarrassing. You know what? We learned from it, and we're going to be better, and we're going to be able to handle that the next time around. Here's a little example for you, and here's our best player going out early in the game. Here's us falling behind 3-1 to going into the third period, and look at how we respond. Look at the heart we play with. Look at the tenacity we play with. Look at the grit that we show. Look at the never give up attitude that we display. So that's what you get from that win, and it was it was a great night of hockey. Really was glad that I was able to watch it. Um, It's a long season, a long season. The games can blur together. You know, you you look sometimes, and I'll just make a quick reference. Zach, by I don't know if you use this in your Mile High Hoops podcast, but you know the Nuggets right now are in a stretch where they're out on the road and they're you know they're playing the, the Detroit's of the world and the nets without durant, irving and james harden and i thought michael malone said it perfectly after a nuggets win the other day he goes look i'm at this point where we're at as a team part of the season i'm i i really don't care about style points i really don't i just just win and survive right survive and win just get just knock the win off doesn't matter how it looks move on to the next one just bank the bank the wins back the bank the points and and we're at right now a part of the avalanche schedule where i think there's a lot of that as well hey it's the dog days right we got a long way to go we're we're into the winter months it's cold it's bleak and these games can sort of just run together but every once in a while every once in a while a game comes up during the course of the Big 82, as I like to call it, the long regular season, Big 82, that uh, does stand out. And, boy, this was one of them. And it was fun. The players seemed to enjoy it. The fans enjoyed it. Uh, It was a great night of hockey, playoff-style hockey, a reminder of what's coming up down the road. But it was good to be able to enjoy it on a uh, cold winter night in January in Denver, Colorado. All right. Thank you so much for listening. As always, tell your friends about the Mile High Hockey Podcast as we continue to build this. And please reach out to me uh, via Twitter at Mike Evans 1043 During the course of the Schlereth and Evans Show, you can text into the program uh, 303-713-1043 and uh, give me your your feedback, what you like, don't like, what you'd like to see more of, hear less of when it comes to this podcast. My thanks to uh, Millennial Ben, Ben Freed, for putting it all together. And we'll see you again next week on the Mile High Hockey Podcast.